Welcome to Conservative Patriot Nation, new members and returning members. Tonight we have a fantastic show with a fantastic guest, Dr. Lee Merritt. It's uh, her second time coming on and it's always a pleasure to have her. Information is always important. And before we get to the show, I'd like to recognize a couple of our sponsors, MyPillow. MyPillow, if you go to MyPillow.com and use promo code CPNN, you'll get up to 66% off your purchase. Mike Lindell definitely can use it. He's a guy that's been in this fight, exposing so much and, and helping out with this awakening and trying to save our republic. And last but not least, I'd like to recognize the late, great Dr. Zelenko, a guy that really went out and really tried to help people when tyranny, medical tyranny was right in front of our faces. And, and he left us some gems. And if you go to zstacklife.com and use promo code CPN, you'll get 5% off your purchase. And last but not least, Dr. Lee Merritt, thank you for joining us again. There we go. Thanks for having me back. It's, yeah, nice day here. So I'm outside for a change. Yeah, it looks nice and sunny. Um, I don't know if you want to be outside, though, because I think Dr. Uh, Fauci, you know, said to stay indoors. <laughs> you know, I I just had some blood work done and, um, you know, and I'm I'm 70. So I just had some blood work done and I sent it to my son because he's a surgeon. And every, I mean, it was perfect. My blood work was perfect. And he said, damn, mom, uh, you know, you know, don't give me that old lady stuff. You know, you're you're doing great something you know something that most people don't and i said you know what it is it's really a simple solution and you'll figure it out after you've been in practice for a while don't believe anything the medical establishment tells you i figured it out years ago that they were lying about things i knew something about orthopedically about vitamin d and things like that because i mean that's a perfect example the 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 institute of medicine said you didn't need more than 400 international units of vitamin d a day and now we're seeing these stupid things coming out saying oh vitamin d is poisonous what you know, I want to, I, I have to tell you, you cannot get enough vitamin D from the sun unless you live right on the equator naked in a loincloth. So you have to, you have to take it some way. Now I've got a spray on my site that I like, and that's what I'm using now because it's, it's totally bioavailable. It's right under the tongue. Um, but you need seven to 10,000 units a day. And depending on the formulation, I think it's probably a little less with the spray because you can get it in. But these guys in organized medicine, 400 units a day. Now as a spine surgeon, I can tell you, we used to see people all the time, and in the spine you, on x-rays, you can tell the difference between osteoporosis, which is fragility of bone, not enough bone, but the bone is normal, and osteomalacia, or adult rickets, where you have bone, but it's soft bone. It's not mineralizing, right, because you don't have enough uh, vitamin D. Well, I saw that all the time. Elderly women, and they'd be, they'd be told by their family practice guy, their you know, primary care guy, that it was, it was uh, osteoporosis. They put them on all this calcium and stuff. But it wasn't. It's vitamin D deficiency. So, again, that one kind of woke me up to the fact that the big guys in suits in the, in the white towers don't always get it right. And then it started to be other things, you know, little things at first. But then it was statin drugs. And then it was just one thing after another. And finally, you come to realize that. Uh, you know, as, as we say, even the blind hog gets the acorn once in a while. I mean, on random chance alone, organized medicine should have been right about something. And they're never right about anything. They're exactly 
upside down, backwards, inverted. And now, now that I've been uh, learning a little bit more of the old religion or Satanism, as they call it, that inversion is the name of the game. And so everything they've told us literally is about backwards. So remember they told us, don't eat, don't eat, oh, don't eat butter. You got to eat margarine. Um, oh, saturated fats are bad for you. You have to eat all these unsaturated fats and all these oils. Well, it turns out all that is exactly wrong. 180 degrees. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm just disgusted with my own profession. But I was on a thing with Denmark this morning, actually. And I don't know if I shocked them or not. But anyway, they wanted me to give them a little speech. And I did. But one of the things I said, and I may have said this at our last meeting, so I don't want to be repetitive, but it's important because this is how we get ourselves out of it. We have to realize that, that because I always get asked, what's the next pandemic? And I said, it's the same pandemic it was before. It's a pandemic of fear. These guys cannot really do to us what they, they claim they can do. In other words, they've wanted to create plagues and pandemics forever. And guess what? It just never seems to work out. You know, uh, they, they tried to get us sprayed with, with hepatitis and for HIV, you know, even AIDS. Do you really hear too much about it anymore? It kind of fizzled out. Now, if it had been as damaging as everybody said, yeah, they killed some people, but only for a while. And even that seems to mean now they think it was related to the hepatitis B vaccines. So I think they, they figured out, and this is what Judy, I, know I, I told Judy one time after a lecture, I said, Judy, you have to change your language. Now, far be it from me, an orthopedic surgeon, to tell somebody that did research in virology that they have to change their language. But really... What she's talking about is not what people commonly think of viruses. When she talks about viruses, she's not talking about airborne flying unicorns. She's talking about if you harvest genetic material and you inject it in somebody else, you can make them sick. I have no question that that's true. Um, that's, and she calls it infection by injection. So I think that we have, I don't disagree with that one. But that's what they're doing to us. That's what they did in 1918, and that's what they're doing now. The real damage did not come from any natural occurring disease. It came from vaccines. They have to get under your skin. So when they try to scare you with disease, it's just for fear. It's just because they know that – I think these guys feed off fear. I'm kind of, I'm kind of believing in the archons these days, that there's a, there are parasites on this earth that suck us dry for energy, and they love that low vibrational, you know, you know depressive – uh, yeah, depressive, angry mood that people can get in. They, they, you know, in the vernacular, they just go around stirring up shit so people will be angry and upset and depressed. And then they love it. And the more that we, that's why, you know, the opposite of that is don't be fearful and have a sense of humor about all this. These guys absolutely hate a sense of humor. That's one, of, I think it's a joke, but it's funny anyway. You know, how do you tell a reptilian overlord? They have zero sense of humor. <laughs> I mean, it's true. That's why the EU, the EU wants to ban memes. You know, they wanted to ban memes. And now I heard somebody in America wanted to ban memes. And I thought, when I first heard that, I said, are they friggin' nuts? I mean, how <laughs> it's like, but remember Charlie Hebdo. I mean, it was it's the whole issue of they don't want anybody to have a sense of humor about anything. So once you know that, that's what we get them with. <laughs> you know, so I, I think we have to be out of fear. That's the number one thing is that they're just, when you believe, the other thing I'll just finish, and I'll let, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but you know, the other thing is, this is the problem with believing in these viruses, that if you continue to believe in them the way they want you to, then it's a mystical object they can use for whatever nonsense they want to promote. It's kind of like the, you know, the witch doctor waving the wand and say, I just made you well with this. You can't prove he didn't, but, you know, he can't prove he did and everybody accepts it. It only exists. 
exists by our consensus of belief, kind of like the dollar. Look at what's happening to the dollar. I mean, once people around the world decide the dollar doesn't have any intrinsic worth, boom, it's over. We've got 88 countries, I think, now backing the BRICS. <laughs> so it's not just Russia and, and China and India and, those, and Brazil anymore. It's the big, once the big guys stood their ground, now all these little countries. Well, that's happening to the dollar, but it's a consensus of opinion. It's only backed by full faith of the public. And when the faith goes away, it doesn't. But that's also true of this evil system. When we don't believe it in them anymore, it'll just vanish. I think that's how we win. You know, and I agree with everything you just said, especially with the whole, you know, and I've been trying to explain to a lot of my family, um, on both sides of my family, they, they tend to allow the programming in their brain that they were born in their DNA of depression and anxiety. And I've been trying to explain to my mom and others, you know, about frequency and, you know, vibration and all that. People don't understand the energy aspects because they never, they never, I honestly, I don't think they wanted to, to know about energy. And just like you were saying, a sense of humor, you stay happy, you stay control of your energy. Those frequencies cannot interfere with your mind and make you think another way when sure you look do. at some of these deep programs on how the radio waves can actually send a message to make you feel like you're crazy and you start looking at some of these serial killers like the well, summer of sam and he was hearing voices it, it starts to make you wonder when you start looking at some of these projects where there's information out there that there was some technology being created to put messages in the brain of people through frequency, it really opens up your mind on how you really can take control sure. of yourself when you learn that. And I'm glad you brought up parasites because I wanted to go in. Well, and can you explain? Oops. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, and the easiest way to not, not, not succumb to their frequency manipulation is turn off the TV. You know, what is right. it? What does the word listen to our language? Tell a vision, tell a vision. I'm going to tell a vision to you. And that, then we have patents on magnetotherapy. Magnetotherapy is actually the idea that your um, monitors can give off a, a wavelength that can affect your, your mind. So, you know, and they always couch everything in a good term like, oh, we're going to help solve depression. No, you're not. You're going to plant thoughts in my head. Right. Well, I can't avoid being on the on the computer, but I can use what I look at and I can avoid being on the television, even even Fox News and even Tucker Carlson. Now, I'm going to say, I mean, I like everything he's saying, but it's what is he not saying? The problem is we don't have anybody really looking at what you know, what are, what are we not hearing? That's the problem. And that's why I was asking, like these these uh, these empty cities. You know, I can tell you from reading and watching the, the Russian news sites. And, and even the Ukrainian stuff, even though I can't understand it completely, that we're not getting any of the real information here. Once in a while, some former general pipes up and says, oh, you know, it's a nightmare for the Ukrainians. They're just getting a, it's a bloodbath over there. That's true. But we're never hearing it. And think about, you know, so a friend of mine was just in Washington, D.C. at CPAC and he went downtown. And he went down to D.C. because another guy said, let's go down and see what's really going on, which I've wanted to do for a long time. I, I, I just after I didn't want to take another chance. I went to January 6th. But I didn't really want to go back and risk it again. But I think we might have to. But um, 
like the Federal Reserve Building is all closed down. And there's all this junk in the front yard, like construction stuff and walled off. And so I, so I had another, Bob Sisson and I had a, had a guy that was going to be there. And we said, take some pictures and see if you can research this. Now, he didn't get real close to the stuff. So he didn't really answer the questions we had asked. But one of the things, one of the pictures he sent back was, it did show the building, the Federal Reserve. It is closed down, wall walled off, and all the, all the junk in front of it. And he said, well, they said they're just remodeling. I'm sorry. I lived there for years. I never saw a whole building go into remodeling, and they took the name off. There's no logo, no name on the building. It's completely naked. Now, see, he didn't know what it looked like before. So I think there's a huge story there, and nobody's reporting on it. You know, the uh, when, when, when my friend went down there, uh, and it was Patrick Gunnels of um, Threadfest, and reading epic threads on the, on the internet. But anyway, he, he said that the reflection pool was drained and it was stinky. So that's, it's, that's not a controlled drain. I mean, that was, that was some, he said, it looks like a city that's run out of money. Now, if that's true, why is nobody reporting on this? Why is nobody telling us what's going on here? That is, that to me is a huge tell. Right. It's definitely a red flag. <clears throat> One thing I did want to get into, uh, Dr. Did I lose you? No, I'm here. Could you hear me? Yeah. yeah. Uh, One thing I wanted to get into, yeah, yeah, as you were bringing up parasites and how your son, you know, said you were so healthy at your age. Can you explain the five points of health and parasites and what can we do to combat them? Well, sure. The first one I talked about is fear. You can't you can't live in fear and be healthy. You have to. And the best way to get out of fear, in my opinion, is is you you is knowledge, uh, faith in something greater than yourself that you have a, a, a duty to protect your ch children. You know, faith in God. You know, you have a you have a meaning. A me you can't you have to get up in the morning having having something that you need to do and for me you know it was really easy when i realized one day that i'd spent my tax dollars for all my life to give it to my government so they could buy web bio weapons to kill my children i i decided that's not that's enough i'm over that so i'm i'm involved in this fight but the other things you have to do okay the first thing is virus in latin means toxin what they've been doing to us for hundreds of years if not longer has been toxifying our world poisoning us and convincing us and it's an infectious disease so how do we get out of that guy coughing on the plane none of those are true what happened is you you got toxic because you got poisoned with something, you know, it may be something simple, but you, you, you got more toxins in your body than your body could get over, get out of it easily. And that's why you started sneezing and getting runny eyes because there's only certain ways your body can get rid of toxins, sneezing, coughing, uh, uh, runny eyes, um, sweating, diarrhea. What did I leave out? Um, vaginal bleeding if you're a woman. Um, what else? I think that's about it. But that's that's about it. I guess you can cough it out. But oh, oh, and you can have a rash. 
And that's just a sign of toxicity coming out of you. Now, the reason people would die from smallpox in the past is because they were so toxic that they had these overall body rashes and they, they just couldn't get ahead of the toxins. That's why they died, not because of some virus causing the rash, because they were toxic. So we have to change our language. You know, you're getting sick when you get off a plane because you didn't get any sleep the night before, and now it's going to recycle for four hours when you're flying down to wherever you're going. Then when you get to the meeting, you meet your buddies that you haven't seen for a number of years, and you go out drinking and having a great time eating dinner, and, and then you stay up half the night and then get up to the meeting the next day, and you've, you've just demolished your immune response, and now you're sick. And then you blame it on the guy coughing on the airplane. So we have to get over that mindset. And I can't tell people to use chlorine dioxide, but I use it every day. I take, I, I'm up to, you don't start at this, but I start, but I'm. And. And that's where I'm comfortable. Plus, I take a bath in it every night. And I've oh, got doc- a protocol on my website. So that. Dr. Lee Mayer, it, it looks like you were just so det- rubber. rubber uh, third one is parasite. We all have parasites. That's another thing that the, the real, the uber parasites didn't tell us. They lied to us about that. Parasites, I think, are a big way. Back in like. Like 2000 has been going up ever since. So, are you there? Yeah, you were just rubber banding as you were just telling us about the, um, the, what was it, the MMS and how many drops you, could you hear me? Wow. Did I just get knocked off? Are are you still on? Oh wow, they definitely doesn't want they don't want this show to go on. Holy cow. Yeah, I don't know what rubber banding is. What's that? You know, Doctor Lee, if you can, um, where it says leave, hit the leave button and leave video chat, and then come back. I can back believe in. it. I've been. I feel like. I've been getting hit. Yeah, if you can uh, press uh, leave video chat and then come back in, usually it'll probably it'll fix it. There's Dr. Lee. Well, I think I'm back. Yeah, you look like you're back. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm inside, closer to the internet. Maybe that'll help. I, I thought it, I'm just right outside the window, back patio. I thought that'd be okay, but uh, usually it's not a problem, but it could be, I guess. So, um, yeah. So we we left off where you were talking about, uh, I believe it was the MMS, and you take ten drops a day, and you bathe right, in it. So- Right. So I take 10 drops a day and you don't start there. You start at one and move up. But anyway, and then I take a bath at night in it. It's great. So I can't advise people to do that, but that's what I do. And I just don't get sick traveling and I don't generally get sick too much anymore. 
I mean, I might get a little sneezy once in a while from uh, something blooming, but I don't get much. And people have to understand if there's no viruses, people say, well, why do we get sick in the winter? And this is also part of it. Now, right now, it's not a problem because what we were lied to about is you need sunlight. So one of the tricks here is you need to you need to live more by the sun cycle. The reason we get sick in the winter is the way we get rid of toxins in the body is electromagnetic. Literally every cell in the body is like a charged battery. And to keep that charge separated, you have to charge your system. And the way it turns out that works is through infrared and near-infrared radiation. So in the winter, the reason people get sick, it's not because of viruses. It's because we are inside, we're not getting the sunlight, and our bodies can't get rid of toxins. And then we have, you know, New Year's, and we're drinking, and we're doing all these things. And um, people get, people that, the toxins you normally get exposed with, like, you know, cleaning your house, whatever they are, um, you, the, you can get rid of them in the summer because you're outside and you're getting a lot of energy boost, but you're not in the winter. So you have to compensate for that. Don't try and push yourself and don't toxify yourself in the winter. That's what's really doing it. And once you understand that, you start looking at the world differently and you speak differently. So I think chlorine dioxide is the universal antidote. If you haven't haven't uh, watched that video that that ICU nurse made, fabulous job he did. I don't know him, um, but he deserves a, a ribbon for that. That it's a huge production that he did and very well researched. And I was because I kind of thought this sounds too good to be true. And then when I saw that video, I said, "Okay, I'm doing this." So. Um, so that's the next thing. So, so, so get right with God, get, you know, spiritually connect with the creator, get your energy level up, have a sense of humor. That's all part of this. Second thing is get rid of the toxins. And then we have to get rid of parasites. And that's the other thing we've been lied to about. Parasites are critical. I mean, we, we were taught in medical school all about them. Well, about them. And then we were told, but don't worry about them. Those are third world country problems. Well, they're not. Those are first world country too. We all have parasites. So what we have to do is, you know, there's all sorts of remedies for parasites. But in this world right now, when I think we have both natural parasites, damaged immune systems and and parasites they may have dosed us with, uh, I think it's probably worthwhile doing a formal parasite cleanse. I was on a chlorine dioxide and I used some herbal stuff. And I still once I started on ivermectin, I did a, I did a thing of I rotated these things. But I did a few months of ivermectin, a few months of nitazoxanide, a few months of fenbendazole, mostly fenbendazole and ivermectin, and then I threw in some nitazoxanide. And I got to tell you, every time every time I switched meds, I noticed it in my stool that there was stuff coming out. So you'll find it took me a year to get down to where I could be on a maintenance dose of once a month. Um, and that's all written about how to do it, the protocols on my website. And then the other thing we know for sure is that there are deficiencies. So you, there are 90 essential nutrients that everybody needs. You can't get them from, uh, you know, you don't make them in the body. So you have to, it has to go down, down your mouth into the gut. And we, our soils are depleted. Our food is crapified. You know, if, if man made it, as Jack LaLanne used to say, if man made it, don't eat it. So eat clean and supplement. That's, that's key. And, and I personally have gone, I've got a whole um, supplement line on my website because I've decided I, I tried to figure out how to make it simple. For 30 years, I've been working at this. and I think I finally got closer. I'm about to come out to get rid of even less, have less bottles on my shelf. I'm just, I'm just coming out with, it's going to be, it's called Rebel Immunity. And it's going to be, it has copper in it. Copper is the magic juice. 
you know, so I think it's got eight things in it. So you get your iodine at the Japanese dose, not this little, a lot of these mixture combinations, they don't put enough of anything in it to make it worthwhile. But with, with this one thing, in addition to a liquid preparation, you kind of get the 90 nutrients. You, you really need, there are 90 things you need. So I do that. And then um, EMF protection. EMF protection is critical. So um, there's a video I've got. It's under the EMF salt thing on my website. If you go there and you can see, I like them because they have bioassays. They show you. You could do this at home. If you have a router, routers are the absolute worst for EMF uh, problems. It, you can put a, put a piece of bread there and see how long it takes to mold. And then put a piece of bread that has one of their protective devices underneath it and see how long it takes to mold. Like they have a little one that you can put under your bed that's not very expensive. And so you can get that, put the, test it with that and see and convince yourself. But they've done this test. You can just watch their videos. That's the kind of thing they've done. They've also looked at calcium in the in intracellular calcium. The reason that, see, EMF is not like uh, radiation. It doesn't damage you. You can't wear, can't walk around in lead. It doesn't really help. You're getting it from 360 degrees around you. It resonates with your wires. It it gets picked up in things. I mean, it's kind of weird, but it's it doesn't it doesn't ionize you. It what it does is it causes uh, opening of these voltage gated um, ion channels in the body. So, for example, your intracellular calcium, the ca ca little calcium channel in your cell wall will open up and allow calcium to flood into cells. Now, that gives you this kind of jittery feeling. That was in, in when, when we first laid down the telegram lines, we got telegrapher's disease, which is what really started the 1918 pandemic, it had nothing to do with the virus. It was telegrapher's disease. And um, the next, like the other thing was, uh, um, they called it neurasthenia. It was described in Boston. Now, why Boston? Boston was one of the biggest cities hit with the 1918 pandemic because it was the biggest city, uh, one of the three biggest cities electrified. Those were the cities, New York, Boston. I can't remember the third one, but they were they were the cities that were the most electrified, with had the most deaths in the 1918 pandemic. And Boston um, uh, was had 5,000 deaths. And that's still not, that still tells you there wasn't a huge number in 1918. But the guy that described from Harvard neurasthenia, which is kind of like a nervous condition, that's what it was. Now, the, just the electromagnetic frequencies don't really kill you. They just make you feel uncomfortable, like you're unhappy about it. And people don't like living in that environment. So it, it's not, it's now we have other things that are going along with it. So I think that we can't, we can't continue to live with it the way you have been. We're going to have to take this on. But for right now, you need to modify it and you need to mitigate it as close up as you can. Like, oh, I don't have it on right now. I would have shown you, but I've got a wristband. It looks like it's just a standard cat, like, a, like an Apple watch, but it's not. It's just this piece of this block of this stuff that mitigates EMF. And it sounds like, what could this little thing do? Um, well, it's close to you and the problem is at a distance. So it's the inverse square law. The radiation effectiveness is is proportional to this the square of the distance so you the closer you are to something the more it affects you and so similarly if i wear something it has a lot more effect even to a great big tower at a distance away so it's not just nonsense but they have bioassays so i do that and that's pretty much i think that's the five things parasites parasites toxins emf um and get your sunlight by the way for your battery charge i guess i didn't put that in there and um seems like I'm forgetting something. But anyway, and the last one is uh, is 
spiritual is get and, and a sense of humor. Awesome. So <clears throat> that bracelet you were just speaking of, is there a website to for anyone yeah, that's well, interested? If, yeah, if you go to my website, themedicalrebel.com, there's a link right at the top because I decided this is the most important thing I think I can tell people right now, that and parasites. It's all I tried to put it all on my front page. My parasite paradigms on there, my chlorine dioxide protocols on there, the EMF sol is on there. What else do I have on there? Oh, I also have a thing by Robert Owens of the John Birch Society, JBS, because he has the, he teaches you how to deal with mandates just in case they ever want to do this again. This is the right way to do it. So you don't have to, uh, you know, and I know this works because everybody I've had do this that's gotten their exemption, their religious exemption. Um, but that's the kind of that's where it is. So I tried to put it all in one place for you. Appreciate that. I did put. If anybody's interested, I did put that on the bottom of the wall. You guys can um, save that link and click that link. I'll definitely going to give me one of them bracelets because uh, the EMF stuff is, is it's real. Right. And if you had, you know, so cost is always an issue. So what I tell people is uh, it, you know, yeah, if you, if, if cost is no issue, you should, you should hardwire your house and then just mitigate everything. Put it on. Like I've got a, I, I've decided this is where I'm going to spend my farm money this year. And I put it on, um, I got the bracelets, I got, uh, I got stuff for computer chips. I put a bag under my mattress and I've got these things I travel with that I can put into the electrical outlets in the hotel room. Now, and, and then I put it on, the big cost is the ones that go on your electric box where your power comes in. Now, if you, if you can't do it all, and I'll tell you, when you do it all, like the whole house, be prepared. You might actually get a uh, like three or day three or four. You might have a detox where you get kind of like diarrhea and feel like you're, you know, you're sweating and you're because you're now suddenly detoxing. But um, if so, if you but if you had to choose, figure out where you spend most of your time. If it's mostly in bed, then you need to mitigate your bedroom. For most people, that's the one place they're spending a lot of time. Now, for example, one of my sons is an electrical engineer. He's one of these cubicle guys. So he spends his time on his computer. So uh, he's in controls engineering. So I told him, you need to mitigate that room. Put one of these room mitigators on there. Put it on your computer. You know, put it on your wrist. Um, that kind of thing. Well, thank you for that information. Yeah. <clears throat> um. Another question that I have for you, can you go into, well, the Chinese cities being empty, you kind of went over that a little bit, uh, the Chinese invasion and also imminent military action? Well, I, again, I'm probably in as much dark as your guys are. The only, the only thing I can tell you is um, we've seen this stuff on the border. You know, I had Jeffrey Crather on my podcast on Monday night. If anybody's on my podcast, they can, they can watch that. But you know, uh, a week ago, he was on the show and I asked him about all this. I said, what do you make of all these? It, there appear to be like literally at night, you see the night vision of of formations of, of men walking across the border. Like they're coming across like a military unit, not like just random, you know, stragglers trying to jump over the fence. I used to live on the Mexican border and it's not what it was 20 years ago. Okay. We, we did have problems. You can always, and this is just for lack of will. You don't need to, you, you never needed so many people 
as they're making it out. You just need will to stop that border, close it down. And, and our administration, our pseudo administration has just opened it because they're letting people invade us. Now, the question is, who's coming across? And so that's why I asked him. And he said he thinks it is Chinese coming across the southern border in those kind of numbers. And maybe those are the, the militarized units we're seeing. But what he had an interesting take on it. He said, you know, the Chinese don't have any benefit. They don't have any. Uh, benefit if we can if we completely economically collapse if we get if they're not going to come over in other words and wage co or over kinetic war on us because they can't do that without a huge economic disruption and it would damage them too so what he's saying is they're actually here to guard their illegal drug and human trafficking routes i said that's weirdly kind of comforting i don't know what to say there but that may be actually true that they're here to uh, I, I jokingly said too. I said they're here to scope out what they're going to use for their new capital, right? But they're 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 apparently there to guard the Mexican border in a weird way and to make sure that they can still run their stuff across our borders. Who knows? I don't know. Uh, I asked my I one of my sons is out in California right now, and I said, "Have you seen any troops on the ground?" Because that's what we're hearing. But uh, so far, I haven't heard a, heard a confirmation one way or another. I'm going to call some people in California and see if I can figure out anything but i don't know i i really don't see a i don't see that i don't see a kinetic sudden war happening unless the, you know you're seeing about all this this is why i have manhole cover explosions on my telegram everybody comes up to me and says why do you keep reporting manhole cover explosions and i said i am just keeping track because i think it's a it's a guide to where the underground war is being fought that's just me. I think it's real. And I think things are going on because I've never seen a, I've never seen a manhole fire in my whole life. Never seen it on the news. Now it's everywhere. And it's usually followed by flooding and or fog and or booms and explosions. And once in a while, you'll see troops, you'll see people in military, um, you know, gear and weaponry going into a building. I, I think something's going on. And uh so that's my best guess. I don't know. I mean, I can't. I know that I watched an army show. I mean, an army show, an army uh, uh, major discussing tools for subterranean warfare. It was about an hour and a half talk. And it was clearly filmed in a classic military classroom with the uncomfortable furniture. And, you know, just I mean, it, it didn't look if you're going to fake a military classroom, you, you do it, make it a better looking place than that. So it looked real. And he looked he sounded real. And the people in the audience. The guys that were there, they were raising their hand and saying, well, you know, when we when we were doing this, this is what we found to be useful. So they're they're not just theorizing about this. Somebody has experience and they're talking about it. So I think we're down in the tunnels doing something. That's about yeah, all. No, and I agree. I oh, agree. And because the ultraviolet. I... Have you followed the ultraviolet flashlights and the ultraviolet lights? No. <laughs> OK. <laughs> Well, I did, you know, I did. I did get an ultraviolet light when uh, President Trump was talking about that light, and oh, he said to drink bleach and this and that. And I learned about that light, and I I did purchase one of those ultraviolet lights. Oh well, that may be something different. I think he was talking about there is a pr procedure where you can actually put an ultraviolet catheter down into the lung, for example, for infection and stuff. But this, I think so. And the bleach was really uh, chlorine dioxide. It's not yep. bleach. That was that was the news media's uh, take on it. But 
what, no, what they're talking about here is the idea that there are some kind of these weird, either they're genetically engineered life forms called GELFs or uncharacterized subterranean life forms, USLs, that are coming out of these tunnels. And again, this part, I'm just telling you, I, I report, you decide. I mean, this is just what this is coming out on various different channels. And they're saying, well, the, the, the idea is that as the as the, the war is proceeding, not in the favor of, the, of the, whoever's controlling these tunnels at the present, they're letting loose their experiments down there. And these things are coming to the surface and attacking people, doing all sorts of stuff. Now, in favor of something like that going on, I mean, I think that's what happened in Idaho. Personally, I don't think that's a standard uh, that, that makes sense what they're telling us. Uh, but in Omaha, Nebraska, after we went through one of these kind of episodes, then these two guys were down in some hospital. I can't remember which one it was, but they they were interviewed by the news channel because they it was reported they were they had human bites. OK, and it showed this guy that had a stitching He had a, 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 from all the way across. He had uh, all the way across, like stitches all the way across his forehead, back to uh, behind his ear. That's not a human bite, people. I'm telling you, I worked in trauma for my whole life. I never saw that ever being by a human bite. You might bite off somebody's earlobe or nip them somewhere, but you're not going to do that. You're not going to practically scalp them. So whatever that was. And the other thing was his friend had a broken arm. The story was that his friend saved him. And the story that you're getting is that these things have paralyzing agents and whatever, and the guy couldn't move. Now, again, that's all I can say is I just heard that. But here's what got my attention, because I used to go there and take my kids camping at Joshua Tree Park when they were very small. And my ex-husband was doing CACs, the combined arms exercise at 29 Palms. He was a Marine Harrier pilot. And um, so... They had an episode of Joshua Tree where these two hikers disappeared. These two camper hikers disappeared. And uh, then somebody reported that 29 Palms homes, there were a bunch of 29 Palms homes that put up these UV lights in their porch lights. And somebody else wrote underneath that, were they high-end homes? And they said, no, this is military housing. Okay. And when I heard that, I said, okay, if the military's doing it, there's something they know. So I just got some UV lights and I got a UV flashlight. And if nothing else, I'm going to tell you the really creepy thing about it. Your house looks like a murder scene. I, I, I took this, this is a, it's called the UV beast and it's one of their high end flashlights. These are not cheap, but I decided if you're going to get one, get one that works. So I, uh, I turned it on in my kitchen at night one night and oh my gosh, you think you've cleaned your kitchen. You've got it looks like a murder scene. I'm not kidding you when you put a UV flashlight around your kitchen. So, Wow. You know, <clears throat> for the record, I just want to say I do have chlorine dioxide at my house and, and I'm perfectly fine. Um, yeah. And second of all, it's interesting that you brought that up about what's coming up from under the ground. Uh, well, many people will say, oh, that's crazy talk. Well, um, there's no reason why they, um, well, there's a reason why they strangled Phil Schneider with his own catheter, which they right. said it was a suicide when he yeah, was exposing what was going down, down under. And the, the, the man had cancer. So he said, screw it. I have yeah. nothing to lose and I'm going to give the American people the truth. So I'm totally, uh, I'm totally vibing with that. And I resonate. Thank you yeah. for sharing that. And, you know, I'll tell you, when it happens to you, you know, it's, as the Soviet used to say, you know, it's true when it happens to you. That was what they said about the Stalinist kind of behavior. Well, 
I, this isn't exactly that, but in just thinking about the way that, I don't know, I don't want to repeat myself. I said this last time I was on, but last December, no, last January, I saw a plane and I saw a time anomaly. I mean, or something, a, a jet plane, like a, and it may have been, my husband thought it was a military jet. It was flying orthogonal to the, we were going down like east, west, and it was going north, south. So there's no way it should have appeared this way by just, you know, because we're just by optical illusion. And instead of, it should have gone right over us really fast. Instead, it stopped right above us. I could see it through the front window. I could time it as it went to the sunroof of the window and out the back. And I couldn't believe it. It was like 10 seconds. I'm looking at this or more as we're driving under the plane. I can see every, every, every little detail of the, of the, the fuselage and the little, you know, where the joints are. The, you could see the, the, every pit of, on the wheels. You could see everything. So it had just probably taken off and it was just sitting there. Now, I know that my kids were in the backseat. They were home late for Christmas, and they thought I was crazy, I'm sure. But the next day, and I didn't find this out until they had gone home, but the next day was when we had a U.S. and Canadian NOTAM. So there was a complete flight shutdown. I think the Canadians ignored it, but the Americans shut down all flying until later that morning, the next morning. So it, <laughs> I think that was real, whatever the heck was going on. So. There's some weird stuff going on that I just can't explain. And I just think uh, it, it, it's, we shouldn't be scared. We should just uh, be ourselves with knowledge and think about taking care of our families, our communities and our neighbors. I mean, that's what we need to work on. And uh, that's all you can do. And then and after that, I, I think the other thing is now I asked Jeffrey, Jeffrey Prather, I said, Okay, so are there some good guys in the background taking the world back? Because I think we'd be just in slavery or dead by now. And he said, no, there's nobody coming. We have to do it ourselves. Now, that may be true, but I have to say that if you're an intelligence agent and you're still doing intelligence work, you'd have to say that no matter what the truth was. So I I determined that he couldn't tell me one way or another, and I'm not going to trust that answer. But I think there's something going on for that reason. I think we'd be long gone. And, I, and oh. I don't know who it is or what it is, but it's not, it's not, it's not nothing, I think. Yeah, we definitely wouldn't be, uh, we wouldn't be on Telegram. We would probably be in uh, relearning camps, just like ALC was telling us. Which right. Those are, right. those are things that give me the eyes to see that we are being protected. I mean, allegedly when our commander in chief stepped down, all of a sudden, our country was surrounded by Navy ships. That's called protecting this country from anyone coming in. So, I mean, there's so many things that I've seen that that's proof that good guys are here. Um, And I'm sure the people in intelligence and active uh, personnel, they have to watch what they say. Cause I I have a cousin that is active and and my cousin, you know, was uh, asked me, you know, do not speak of me over, any social media or whatnot, because my cousin can get in trouble. And I definitely would respect that to where I, I totally understand yeah. the level that they have to, to play. Well, and, and people will say, oh, my my friend's a Navy SEAL. He doesn't know anything about it. Well, that may be, although you should take a time and look at the uh, overhead view of the amphib base at Coronado. It looks like a swastika, which bothers me not a little. I've heard that there's an issue there. But in any case, I, I don't think that it, the way you keep us Look, if this is really happening, this has been in the works for a very long time, and it's been completely hush-hush. It's been very, very secret, just like the bad guys have been very secret. I mean, look at – you read all these – 
my ex-husband used to joke that I'd read more books on the commandant's reading list than most Marine officers, which that was, you know, I was only working part time and, you know, I was home with little kids and I'd read, I'd read military doctrine stuff. But anyway, what they never tell you in all these books on fifth generational warfare is that this whole planet's being run and all this stuff is this being, this shit's being kicked up by people that worship Moloch and sacrifice children. That never makes it to any of this fifth generational literature. Once you come to that conclusion, you realize how secretive this whole thing is. They let you think about certain things that they don't care about, but they really, they really uh, hide the core issues. And, and secrecy is like their real religion. They really, really, really hold things close. Now, the, if you're going to take back an organization like that, that owns all the senior, you know, they own their own protection agency. That's why they've owned the FDA, the CDC. That's why they own the, you know, the, the high level courts. Look at what Soros did putting those judges in. That's just one, that's just an observable thing. But how many of these judges do we own because they've been caught? They have them. They have they they drugged them, got them or got them drunk and got them took pictures with young children, whether they were actually involved in pedophilia or not. And this blackmailed them. You know, this is the kind of thing they've been doing to control the world for for who knows how long, for longer than I've been alive. And so I really think what's happened here is that if there is a take back in the works, it's by people who are playing the same secrecy game to the point it's highly compartmentalized. So just because your cousin Joey in the army doesn't know what's it's happening doesn't mean it's not happening. You know, very few people have the whole picture. And then 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 everybody has their role to play. I ran into a guy in Washington, D.C. at January 6th. This was actually the 7th. And I was getting ready to leave the hotel and I just heard him talk to some people and I kind of was didn't mean to eavesdrop, but I ended up they all left and I went up and asked him a couple of questions. I said, sounds like, you know, you know, some things. And I just am curious. I said, I asked him if he thought there was the group out there doing something. And he said, well, he was he was an IT guy, kind of. I, I had a feeling like maybe he'd been, you know, defense intelligence agency or something. I don't know what he'd been. But I said he said basically that he he had been tasked with little projects over the years that they just, he'd get these kind of requests. He'd research it. He'd send the data back and he never heard back. He understood that there were like 10,000 of these researchers that were being used this way. And he called it the Alliance of Generals. Now, whether that means anything or not, I think that that's probably, it's something like that. And, and I would say if I, if I were going to look at what's going on, look at Myanmar. I think Myanmar is the kind of the trial balloon for what is going to happen in America. You know, what happened after the election, that this selection that happened in 2020? What happened is that um, President Trump wasn't in the White House. He was in a skiff. And at, so the military cybersecurity people, they know what happened. They had the they had the they could watch what happened. The numbers change in real time. Everybody wants to deny this. You could see it on the, in some cases, you could see it on the New York Times, um, what do you call it, underneath the news babes, you know, it's kind of like the, 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 the thing that rotates there. And anyway, it, you could see the numbers switch. Some people had captured that. But you know, the cybersecurity guys knew it. They knew about the Leonardo tele, um, uh, satellite. And I think we have some indication, some verification that the, the, the CIDL server story is true. So in any case, I think that, the data was there. So they let, so Myanmar, if you know what happened there, they had the same thing. They had a, uh, 
a Chinese puppet, essentially, that was running for president and won, or prime minister, whatever they call it. She won, but the military stepped in and said, no, this was fraudulent. We can prove it. This is what we saw, blah, 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 blah. And in that case, they didn't back off. They just took her out and they said, we're going to restage elections. Now, what happened in the media was this very short kind of who and ha and cry about, oh, it's a, it's a, it's a junta, it's a, it's a military takeover. And then it just died. Nobody cared. Well, now you're watching and it's going on and they're getting things rearranged. And, and something just came, I can't remember what it was, but something made me think of this in the news the other day because they're back in the news. And um, uh, it had to do with some, some deaths of some people. And I think it was not, they're not really dead. I kind of think that they're not. But anyway, I, I, I'm thinking Myanmar is the prototype, what's going on. So we'll see. That's all. That's all and, I can I, think about. <laughs> I do agree with you. I'm just going to say this quick before we go into Q&A, because I'm sure there's a lot of uh, folks on here that has a question for you. But um, as, as you were saying, you know, I believe there was a plan a while, a long while ago, um, and especially interviewing others like uh, Gene Decode. Uh, I really learned a lot with Nikola Tesla, Howard Hughes, and the Trump brothers and the plan to save the world, which that, that was a pretty... Uh, pretty a pretty amazing uh learning interview and then yeah. on top of if you dig deep with uh eisenhower nixon and then that rogue secret group and what all happened there um some stuff that stephen greer talks about phil schneider and many others then people will realize how big and how deep this is because you get people that's like oh why don't they just arrest people and let's get this over with well if you don't go into history and realize how serious this is. Um, yeah. Well, we would have, and I think we would have a civil war. That's what I'm saying. I think they, they knew what, they knew what had happened and they let Myanmar, this is a, this is a worldwide thing going on. It's not just the U S they, they, Myanmar or Myanmar, however you pronounce it, they, they let them do their thing. And then they watched the response and the response was not, favorable it was like oh that's a that's a military takeover it's a junta you know so that's why they backed off i think i think they you know they had to see how the world was going to react and of course the media makes everything into what it's not but nonetheless i think that's why they backed off you have to have enough people to, to make a tipping point and it doesn't take a lot you know trotsky said give me three people i can control a crowd and actually it was three percent of the russians were bolsheviks only three percent took over that nation and that was a Christian nation, Christian Orthodox nation from 850 AD on. And it was taken over by a bunch of outsiders that were not Russians. They, they changed their name to make them sound like they're Russians. Most people don't realize that, but they were not. They were, they were from outside. It was in, and uh, the guy that writes that about it, that is Solzhenitsyn. Unfortunately, it doesn't translate it. Actually, as you've seen that time lapse, um, I'm not going to go too too much into this, but I'm going to I'm going to text you some videos and stuff that I've captured. I captured a lot of amazing, weird things that you can. It, it, I can't even explain it, and um, I, I don't want to talk too much. I can talk to you all day, but I know there's members here that wants to sure. ask you questions, and we can go into Q and A. But I'll send those to you. Okay, cool. Yeah. And Kelly will be doing Hi. questions. Yes. How are you, Dr. Mary? Hi, Kelly. Have... Good. I hope you're having a good evening. Um, I went on your website when you, Mike and you were discussing some questions and answers. Mm -hmm. And my first question real quick for you is, 
so the, and I'm going to mess up the word, the fitting, what you took on the protocol, I didn't see the ivermectin one. And then I get confused because I heard there's six milligrams, 12 milligrams. And I have, well, no, wait, what, what are, we ta- are we talking about parasite protocol? Yes, ma'am. Like, okay. Yeah. So, so the first ahead. thing I would, okay, let me just tell you where it is. So here's the thing I would do. I mean, first of all, there's a video that tells you about the whole, my home guide to parasites. Is that what you're looking at? There's also yes. there's a parasite paradigm and then there's home guide to parasites. Now, for purpose, because this is pharmaceutical drugs, I put a bunch of stuff on there that I felt necessary to put on there. But at the top, I have the TLDR, the too long did not read. If you don't have time right now to read all the stuff below, here's what I did. And that's what I would start with. I mean, so uh, so in there is where it is. Now, what was the question about ivermectin? Yes, I couldn't find it in there. Do you do the, I saw the three days on three and then five days off on the other medicines you did. I, right. I, I no, I did that for pretty much everything. Um, and then you can, then I tell you how to extend the days off. The point about parasites is if you go too long in between your treatment, you'll give yourself a Herxheimer reaction. This is something that um, it has to do with the fact that when you, when you kill the parasites the first time, you're killing, and keep in mind, parasites, don't just think of them as worms in the gut. That's just one small part of it. They're also in your brain. They can be in your, but they aren't all worms. They can be intracellular parasites. And I think a lot of them, like the German group that thinks, and I believe them, that parasites is cancer, um, that it's intracellular parasites, and we just aren't paying attention to them. So what you have to realize is when you treat them the first time, you're going to kill the mother parasites. And the mother parasites put out a hormone or chemical of some sort that keeps the other babies insisted. They don't want to compete with the other babies. The babies are there for if they die. But the, once they die, they're not putting out the hormone and all these cysts start hatching. And so then the next time you treat yourself, you'll notice, in my opinion, you can kind of tell when that happens because towards the end of the off time, you'll start getting night sweats. At least I did night sweats and, and, and kind of backsliding on the, on how good you feel. Then when you treat yourself the next time you kill a big slug of parasites and you get an allergic reaction to the dead parasites. That's what the problem is if you wait too long. So the long, the shorter you go, the less time you will have the less chance of having that happen. So five seems to be a good off time to start, but some people have that happen even then, in which case you've got to back off to three days or maybe two days. As long as you're, as long as you can keep spreading it out, then you're making progress. So that's kind of the thing. And then the, uh, the, it goes, it goes pretty much by weight. Um, so and the, the, the doses are, I've got, I think under the drugs, I was just looking to see. Uh, ivermectin C table above. No, maybe I didn't do that. Maybe I didn't get the ivermectin table on there. Well, the ivermectin, um, you know, it, it goes by weight and I've got it. I know that I'll, I'll make sure I have all that, but it's on, there's, if you look on my website too, under the big red bar, there's a big red bar on the website. That's like all things you need to know. In my opinion, <laughs> it's like kind of the, uh, the overview and it's the important health information protocols and resources. And it's got it's got the doses for ivermectin and all that sort of thing. You can find it on what to do for vaccine remorse. They have all the doses, I think. I appreciate it. And I won't keep you, but I have one really quick question. It's embarrassing, but I'm going to bring it up. I have a widow's peak on my head, like, and I'm losing hair, like the female baldness. I'm in my early forties. Where should I start? Like, should I do blood work? 
Well, I would start I simply. I mean, it never hurts to have blood every once in a while, just so you know where you are. But but I, I go years without blood work. I mean, quite frankly, if you're doing everything you can do, what's the point unless you're having a problem? So what I do is what but what I will tell you, and this is what happened to me. It happened to a bunch of people. Um, you can have your hair fall out because you don't have the right nutrition for your hair. When you don't have when you're borderline on your nutrition, what happens is your body shuts down non-essential functions like growing your hair and growing your nails, right? So what you want to do is make sure you're supplementing correctly. And so what I did once what it, I didn't have, a, I didn't know I had a problem I, until I got sick and we, it wasn't COVID. It was something else, but we were sick. I think I got dosed or something and it was sick. I was sick for a couple of weeks off and on and it was not good. And so whatever it was I got and my office manager got it too. So when I say I got dosed, I think it, it was purposeful, but I, you know, I'm little fry and I don't know why they would do that, but it just certainly is very suspicious. So, um, but anyway, what happened was after that, for like I, months, my hair kept falling out. So much for the work that you're doing for all of us uh, internationally. Um, Oops, I got, sorry so, about that. my hair kept started falling out. So then I, then I, I, I changed my, my plan on my supplements and I had been going to this anyway but i just speeded up the process and now i use my liquid because i take i take a couple things to augment it which like i just said i'm going to take the the rebel immunity when it's done that'll take care of those things and vitamin d extra and then i take my supplement that's liquid that has everything so that i don't miss something because if it's a if it's a 90 supplement if it's 90 things you need and you miss five of them it doesn't matter how well you're doing on the 85 you can still stop your hair growth so that's that's the big thing and that's why when people get sick if they're marginally compensated they're not they're they become uncompensated and that's when your hair starts falling out so you know i mean you could check hormone levels if you know maybe maybe it's something like that but i'll bet you the first thing it is is nutrition nutritional deficiencies no i appreciate it. i t- i started um biotin and it's growing out some in different spots and i t- i take zinc so i'm hoping that helps right but see that's two things okay i mean how's your copper how's your magnesium how's your, you see the problem is it's it's you can't do it pill and, and i gotta say i have a very funny video on my website with peter glidden he's a he's a naturopath i can't even remember a, a nutritional lecture in medical school even though the first duty it says in the hippocratic oath of a physician is i will give to my patient the best diet i can can derive okay it's not people think doctors think the first the first thing in the hippocratic oath is primum non nocere above all do no harm no that's not even in the oath the first thing is you can give your patient a good diet we never even had a lecture that i can remember about diet (laughs) if it must have been right over me anyway but that's the problem is that you can't get it from your diet in the modern world. You've got to supplement and you can't do it with pills. And so Peter Glidden looks at me and he says, you allopaths. And he's talking about, uh, you know, we, we you know regular doctors, the MDs and DOs. We look at we look at naturopaths a lot of times and we, we say, oh, you naturopaths. But now he's, he's reversing it, saying to me, you allopaths, when you realize you need to supplement, you do it like you're treating heart disease with a pill here and a pill there. It doesn't work that way. And when he said that, it was like. A brick right on my forehead. I said, "You're right. I've been doing this wrong. Even when I thought I knew I was doing it uh, right, I, I'm just doing it wrong." So now I use it. I used to think that was nonsense with the powders and liquids, but I think I've got it down. If you watch my little video, I think I've got it down to where it's not so complicated. It's just you mix a couple things in a cup and you take a couple pills and you're done for the day. Because I don't want to spend my life 
mixing and stirring and making a big mess. I just don't, I don't have time for that. No, I appreciate it. And we'll get on to the questions. So, cause I don't want to hold you up. All right. Well, thanks. No, thank you for answering that. The first person I'm going to call on is Anton and then Miss America. So Anton, you're up first. Uh, thanks so much, Dr. Merritt, for the work that you're doing. I'm uh, looking at you at three o'clock in the morning from Israel, and I come from <laughs> South Africa. Um, and uh, I, I need to chat you on other things, but uh, this forum, will you let us know whether you supply internationally because it will help a lot of us in the international arena? And the second thing I'd like to ask you is, are you aware of any studies that make the differentiation between exosomes and viruses. Right. So in my opinion, well, first of all, the thing of it is you can, when you look at electron microscopic pictures of those two things, they're not that different. Okay. It's a, by definition that, you know, an electron microscope is a still life. It's like a black and white picture. So when they tell you, well, viruses clamp onto the, they merge with the the lipid membrane of the cell and then they go in and take over your machine. That's a great story. But then they say exosomes are are basically, they've got, they've got genetic material wrapped in a liposomal uh, capsule and they can merge with the uh, cell wall from the inside and go out. So they're telling you these stories that all sound really good, but stop and think, this is like having a black and white picture of a guy standing in front of a bank with a gym bag. And, you know, did he just rob the bank? Is he going in to make a deposit or is he really just going to the gym? That EM does not tell you function. It's just a still life. Now, the problem, the, the problem you have, though, in this whole thing is, is it's, it's a couple points. One is the absurdity of thinking that you can test for a virus with 16 bases in a human being that has 3.4 billion base pairs in their genome. And who's, we've been told in our medical schools, have viral genetics in our genome. Okay, Th- this is, in other words, they can't tell you that what they're calling viruses aren't us spitting out genetic material to try to adapt to this new environment. There's so many explanations for this that don't involve what they're saying. So they're not, they're not sorting this out. And the big, the big picture is, and, and this is what Stefan Lanka says, is not one of these algorithmic um, computerized models that come up with the in silico genome sequence has anything in reality to compare it to. In other words, science is supposed to be, I have a theory, I do some, I do some studies and I come up to try and prove that theory, and then I check it against measuring nature. But they can't measure nature because nature is all defined by their computer algorithm. And that's the problem. There is no complete genome out there that they can ever test to see if they're right or wrong. When they, when they came up, I looked at the original paper from Nature on when they, when they decided that this was the genome of SARS-CoV-2. And keep in mind, as a national security point, uh, this is what they kind of tr- wanted to come up for my medical license for. As a national security point, I started squeaking when they said, um, when they took one guy that had the classic COVID, this is before anything else, this is early, in, in December of 2019, classic COVID, they, they got some bronchoalveolar lung fluid they put the PCR tests into it. They put it into a computer algorithm. And the Chinese scientists came up with a genetic sequence they shipped to America on the gene bank. And, and we took it out and made, the, made our vaccine from that. It, it, does anybody see the, the problem with that whole scenario? That is just crazy. But essentially the way that worked is 
they dipstick their bronchoalveolar lung fluid, they ran it through a computer algorithm, and they claimed it was the genome. But the problem is when they come up with these short sequences, they had 57 million short sequences under 150 bases, and they put them together in a jigsaw puzzle to make the, the genome. Imagine if you're a jigsaw puzzle worker and I dump 57 million pieces of a jigsaw on your table. And I say, there's a puzzle piece, there's a puzzle picture in there, please put it together. And you say, wait a minute, uh, uh, do you have the picture? And I say, well, no, it's a novel puzzle, meaning a novel genome, novel, novel virus. No, we've never seen it before, but it's novel. Oh, well, what shape is it? Well, we don't know, it's novel. How many pieces are in it? We don't know, it's novel, just put it together. That's essentially what the philosophy is here, what the, the logic is, and it just can't work that way. And I also think, just from a spiritual point, I think there are two groups of people, and I heard there's a better, more elegant explanation I just ran across of somebody that's saying the same thing, but this is my invention. I said, I said there's the ticker tape people and, you know, the uh, antenna people. I'm an antenna person. I don't think DNA works like a ticker tape. Yuval Harari and these guys would make you believe that we are such robotic nothings that you can just tweak a few GCTA bases in our genome and suddenly damage us or change us. And it doesn't work that way. You know, we have 3.4 million bases in our, in our genome, base pairs, and we only know about what 90, what, we don't know what 95% does. We only know about the use of about 5%, and we share 50% of our genome with a banana, you know? And I always say more if you're a politician. So them telling us they know how this all works and they think they can just, even if it's a so-called spike protein, you know, spike protein, 1,200 bases or less, you really think you can significantly alter a human being, creation of God, with 1,200 bases in a 3.4 billion genome that, that constantly shifts, that has transposons that move around, jumping genes, they call them, that move around in your in their in your genome, in your DNA, and your DNA is a three-dimensional structure. And we know in the body and in general that proteins work in their three-dimensional stereochemistry. So I just think it's all nonsense and trivialization of the human, the human experience. We're, we're electromagnetic. We should be studying physics, not so much biology. Now, that was kind of a long answer. I don't know if I got it, even answered your question, but I hope I did. Oh, you're good. Next is uh, Miss America. Sorry about that. Thank you. Miss America's next and then 5D Gamma. Grandma, excuse me. Hi, Dr. Merritt. Thank you for coming back with us. I'm going to try and wrap three questions into one. You mentioned <laughs> blood testing. Where do we, as regular society, go to get the Because a lot of these tests have been based off of sick people. Do you believe in live blood testing? And then what is your version of the perfect food pyramid, given that, you know, the food pyramid they gave us is also a lie? Thank you. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's completely a lie. Well, I'll just mention on the food pyramid. Um, again, I think the simple, the simple rule of thumb is if man made it, don't eat it. But I think as a subplot, you know, carbohydrates, there's no low fat diet that ever made a difference. I really like, uh, Jason Fung doesn't make a big deal about being gluten-free. I think you don't need to eat wheat. Wheat's a damaging substance because it's loaded with bromine and, and um, glyphosate. Even if the wheat itself is not that bad, the rest, I think it is bad, but it's just a toxic substance. Get rid of wheat in the diet. I think that the reason they don't want you eating meat is because, because ruminants actually 
process and get rid of a lot of toxins like glyphosate, meaning Roundup. You know, uh, they don't, I, I don't know about the hormones, but uh, I can tell you that a lot of this stuff they get rid of. So when you eat the meat, you're not getting it in the, in the first pass. So that's probably why they don't want you to do it. Plus it makes strong men. I don't think they want that either. So I, I, I think a high fat, medium protein, low carb diet. And, you know, I, if, if I don't completely do it, but if I would pick one diet, I'd eat like the, like the Sioux Indians, the, the, the Plains Indians, they were lean, mean killing machines and they lived into their hundreds. If they weren't felled by war and, or some accident, they lived a good long life. Like my grandparents, you know, my great grandparents and my grandparents, when they lived here in the Midwest, what did they eat? They homesteaded here. They ate meat with its fat because they had, they had their own cattle and, and hogs. And then they ate um, the, the nuts and berries. Like we have black walnuts and gooseberries and aronia berries. Very, that's the highest antioxidant berry in the world. Eating the naturally occurring nuts and berries. And then they're, they're, all, they're vegetables from the garden. That's it. They didn't have a way of making sugar. Uh, they didn't have a, a lot of, they had no junk. I mean, if my grandmother or great-grandmother had seen a box of macaroni and cheese, she wouldn't know what it is. We accept things as food that aren't food. Like Kellogg purposely, I think, made toxic, toxic breakfast. You can't come up with a worse thing to start your day with than cereal. So, you know, go back to what God gave us. That's the answer to that. And um, in terms of the blood tests, I, anytime, I mean, you can go to any lab. I think anytime lab now, you have to understand the limitation of blood tests. Blood tests, they take 50 people off the street, essentially, nurses and people in the hospital usually, and they say, are you sick today? And if they say no, you norm the test. So you can't trust their, their results completely. You have to use discernment. So like their thyroid is completely unreliable because the test is reliable. It's reproducible and it has norms. But the problem is what they say is normal is, is not normal. And you have to have somebody help you on the interpretation of these things. But I just go to any blood, blood lab. Um, the last one, was it about transfusion or what was the last one? About live blood testing. Oh, live, live. blood testing. And by that, you mean a fresh smear. So just looking at it under the microscope. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, when I was a medical student, they taught us a good physician always looks at their own blood smear and their own urine specimen. And I can tell you that's changed for a reason because they don't want us doing that. We would have picked up on a lot of this stuff. There's another point is that we don't have quartz in our microscopes. Royal Rife's microscope had 15,500 magnification in 1920s. Why do we spend thousands of dollars and the best we can get is 2,500 magnification? Now, if we'd seen what he saw, we wouldn't be in this mess either. We would have not, we would have not missed the parasites. We would have not believed in all this viral junk. Um, that's why they didn't want us to see. And very interestingly, I don't know if you're watching this show on TV, The Silo. It's on Apple TV. And I got to tell you, they tell you things. One of the things they made illegal, and this is this weird, like post-apocalyptic, apparently uh, underground bunker that's filled with thousands of people. And it's called The Silo. And they've been living there for 150 years. And now they're, they have this judicial department, though, that makes sure that you don't have any of these relics. And one of the things that's illegal in the silo is magnification above a certain power. Now, why? And it's very the stuff they're telling you. I'm telling you, this is disclosure. Uh, we're kind of in a big silo. They don't want us to look above a certain power of magnification at our blood smear. Make that up what you will. But I think that's useful. And, for example, um, the Rouleau formation, when you. When people took the vaccine, that's one of the things they could see right away was that the blood cells were stacking up on a fresh smear. 
And they could also see it being undone by things like carbon 60. Um, so I think there's a lot of, we were always taught to do it and now they're discouraging it. And that it's, it stopped right after I kind of graduated. I remember going off to residency. I was going to be a, a, an internist, cardiologist, believe it or not. And I, I didn't do that. I did orthopedics, but I, but I did a first year postgraduate one in straight medicine, internal medicine. And I was, and I felt bad because about February, when everybody gets the blues, their first year of training, I, I, I missed seeing some of my patients' blood smears. And everybody else thought I was crazy. Why are you going down the lab? But I found things that nobody else saw. And I made diagnoses that nobody else did, you know. But, but uh, it's one of those things they discourage people from doing. They just let the lab do it, and they don't do it right. So you're right. You should find somebody. I have a microscope. I keep telling my husband to get it out of the storage so I can look at it. And I haven't been doing that, but I need to. Because I would like to see what everybody's blood looks like. I would love to send you a sample of mine to have you analyze it. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. Keep fighting. Thank you. Okay. 5D Grandma, you're up. And then after 5D Grandma, we have Teflon Don. Teflon Don. I know. Hi. I love you. Thank you so much uh, for sharing all all your knowledge with us. And um, I want to give a big shout out to Patriot Mike and all the admins for your great uh, live chats. I really appreciate you guys. So um, I first want to say I completely agree with you on the Myanmar. I thought that when that, yeah, I thought when that went down and that was going to be the beginning, the first domino, and then it just kind of was quiet about it. So My question I have is talking about the underground war, and I absolutely believe that they have these creatures, you know, hybrids, and that they are coming up. And you mentioned Idaho. Just I I heard you say something about what's happening in Idaho. Can you expand on that just a little bit? Well, I'm just saying, you know, I, I read crazy things. I don't know why sometimes I read this stuff, but I remember reading a book. And it's about, uh, I think it's called Program to Kill, but it's about serial murderers. And it, it, it's, a, I don't ask me why I picked up this book at an airport or whatever, but it just looked interesting. And I started reading it and I realized the lies, the FBI has been lying to us for a long time and that they know that these psychopathic serial killers often work together, that they're not these isolated, you know, the lone gunman, the lone ranger out there. That they could be, but those are the exceptions. Most psychopaths, and I've subsequently looked into this further. Most psychopaths actually work in in tandem, or they are they they can they can group together for their own benefit. You know, psychopathology is is higher in the medical specialties. It's most prominent in the surgeons' lounge because it's about controlling other people. Is what they like, and um, and other things. But the, but they're 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 very talented, smart people that are out for their own aims, and they can coordinate with other people when they want to. And that's like our congressman too. But in in point of this whole thing with Idaho, what what that book kind of got me thinking about is how they they don't report the truth and they hide certain things that make it sound plausible but it, when there's things that don't fit up and that's like the thing i talked about about the the there's no way that was a human bite woman for example now what are they not telling us about idaho one of the dads and i can't remember if this is one of the girls or the boy that was killed but there was a murder you know and there were four college students killed in a house they all were in individual rooms and yet whatever they claim it's just one dude from philadelphia or something that killed them and that that 
he, he was able to kill four people without anybody making a squeak or a noise that alerted anybody else in the house. To me right there, that's kind of a, a flag of what's, what's really going on here. They had the same question about Ted Bundy down in Florida when he was able to kill so many sorority girls all by himself. And one of the points here is that there's just like there's a, 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 a murder ink for the mob, there's a murder ink for the satanic mob. That there are a lot of the satanic ritual stuff is done this way, or they get people to be used that way. Anyway, whatever this is in Idaho, I don't know, and I, I'm, my heart goes out to the parents. But I would just say one of the dads was talking, and he made the point that the the victim had a lot of these puncture wounds. And one of the things that we're hearing with these these underground deals is that they have to they, they make they've got big big talons and they secrete tetrodotoxin, which is a poisoning agent that paralyzes you, which would make sense in this whole thing. And that would also make sense in the Omaha thing. You know, the one guy couldn't move. And so he's getting ripped apart where the other guy has to go in and save him. That seems to be a pattern. So that's all I know about that. I mean, I, I do. I, and, and I will say about the, about the splicing ideas, the genetic engineering, there is no question that's been going on. Now, whether or not that is what's down there, I can't prove that, but I can absolutely, we've had too many pictures out of Korea, out of China, of these kind of human animal hybrid things, you know, pigs with a human face. It's really creepy stuff. And the idea of cloning, we know we have the technology. I mean, people can be in denial all they want. They can all say it's conspiracy theory, but I'm just going to tell you the technology is well known. And these guys, you know, uh, Michael Crichton, who was, you know, the, the author of Jurassic Park, but what most people don't know is he's a Harvard trained physician. He's deceased now, but he has a, a great book about this. It's called Next. And he writes very entertaining books, but they're telling you something. And at the end of the books, a lot of times he lets you know kind of what he's telling you. And he, he has a whole book on this about human genes being put into animals. Now, the other reason we know it's possible is when they tried these monoclonal, how did they make these monoclonal antibodies that they claim are useful for COVID, right? They made them with what they called um, uh, humanized mice and batified mice, meaning they took, they took genomes from bats because of the so-called coronavirus. They took genomes from bats and put them in mice to make them compatible with certain things that they wanted to assess. Sometimes they take human uh, genome genes and put them in mice to make the immune system of the mouse more human compatible. So it's a hybrid. Now, what what part you take and how much you hybridize it, that's up to you. And we we kind of do a we are skirting on the edge here in, in, in overt science in America. But let me tell you, in China and, and Korea. I don't know if you remember that years ago, the, the Korean guy that said he was cloning humans and, and there was something else. They've, they've arrested a couple people over the years, but most of the time it just gets ignored. I think it's been going on for a long time. Oh, I appreciate it. I have a quick question. How much longer do you have, Dr. Merritt? We have a few more that would like to Oh, I probably ought to go at 8.30, so 15 minutes, would that be it? No, we appreciate your time. Thank you. No the problem. Next Thanks one for is- asking. Oh, of course. The next one's Telfin, Don, and then Melanie. And we'll go from there to see if we have any more time. Thank you. Hi, Dr. Merritt. So my dad has severe colitis, and I got him the MMS solution. And on the bottles of the mineral solution and the activator bottles, it says one-to-one drops. 
and then add water as per protocol. So I'm hoping you can help me as to how many drops each do I give him with how much water and how often so I don't hurt him. Well, first of all, let me just say with colitis, I mean, he's got bowel irritable bowel type problems, right? Inflammation in the bowel? Yes. Yep. Okay. So the first thing I would say is what's inflaming bowel? Number one, grains. Okay. Get rid of the wheat. If you don't go, I mean, I can't tell you how many people I've had that claimed they had Crohn's disease and the GI doctors, no offense to them. They'll say, this is what they were taught. They'll say that it's not diet related, but when you really go zero tolerance for any, and that doesn't mean every once in a while I cheat. It means you do not have any grains. You do not have any wheat, barley, camet, or spelt. It goes away. I've had four people I know of and more that have come up to me just randomly and said, hey, I did what you said and it's gone. So if you've got a bowel problem, that is number one. Now, the number two thing, I, I agree with you. And I think, and I, you know, prebiotics, like eating things like fermented foods is also good. But the, but when you're using chlorine dioxide, and in fact, I'm putting out, I'm working on a video. I just had my neighbor come over and film me making a, a year's supply of chlorine dioxide uh, MMS solution and the activator. Now, the first thing is if, if you're going to take it orally, um, if you, with him, we don't know. He may not have normal acid in his stomach. That may be part of the problem. So he's probably going to need the activator. But for me and you, maybe, um, if you don't have a problem with stomach acid, if you're not taking a proton pump inhibitor or an antacid, you don't need the activator, which gets away all taste. And you can just, I put it in here. I'm going to, I'm going to actually, I, I shouldn't walk, walk through my, my messy kitchen here, but I'm going to grab one of these bottles because this is what I use for myself. Okay. So what I do is here's, let me see if I can, I'll turn this around. Okay. If you can see this, I got my computer behind there. That doesn't make a good picture, but see that bottle. That's a Starbucks bottle. It's, you can see about how size it is. I think it's a pint and a half or, you know, a little over a pint. Anyway, what I do in the morning is I put, I put my drops of my stuff in there, put some ice water in, put a lid on it, and then I just sip it during the day. So what you would do is you'd put one drop of the activator and one drop of the, now when you start, because you're just starting at one drop, if you have a glass shot glass or something small like that, it's better to start that way. So you can see it turn yellow. You put a drop of the activator on a drop of the solution and you let it sit there for 30 seconds you'll see it get a little yellow with one drop it's sometimes hard to see you put it on a white background but it, in any case just wait 30 seconds and then make sure that the drops are on top of each other and then just add a little water to that pour it in your in your covered container you want to use don't use metal and then just uh, shake it up with some ice water and sip it all day it's the idea is to have a, a, a small dose all day long not to just woof it down now, with one drop, it's sometimes that's not a huge dip deal, but I would try and do that because you want to be dosed all day long. And then you do that for three days, and then the next, then go to two drops. If he's doing okay, at any time you start getting diarrhea, rashes, any kind of like you're trying to detoxify too fast, just hold it or back off a drop and then just hold it for a few more days and then go up. And I think you ought to get to at least five drops a day. I mean, if you can get higher, they say that 15 drops is kind of the anti-aging uh, level. But I don't, I don't know. I just feel like I can get 12 drops, 10 to 12 drops in a day easily. And at some point, you also want to take your, my, my, uh, you want to take a, a, your mineral solution, your, your drink for your 
other nutrients and your vitamin C. And you don't want to take that at the same time. So you have to take that and then wait an hour or two and then start on your daily dose of this. And so the easiest way to do it is either first, first in the morning or last at night, you take your vitamins and then the rest of the day you suck on this. Does that answer your question? Yes. And thank you for your help. Yeah, no problem. That's what I do. No metal in the, uh, in the bottle. Final, final person is going to be Melanie, and we again appreciate you, and I'll pass the uh, mic to Mike after this. Thank you again. No problem. Thank you for everything that you do, Dr. Barrett. Um, I, I came That's into this conversation. Hi. <laughs> I came into this conversation late, and I'm so glad I'm able to ask you this question. <laughs> um, anywho, uh, what I was wondering is, I can't remember your protocol for the um, fenbenzidol. Oh, fenbenzidol. Yeah, well, fenbenzidol. And it, also, it goes by weight, okay? So, yeah, I'm um, 130 pounds. Right. So, I'll just show you on my little thing here. Um, let me just get the, I'm going to show you because I've got, I've got thing here. I've got it right here in front of me. Okay. That's the advantage of being home and doing this. Let me just turn my <laughs> camera around. Okay, so here's a here's fenbendazole, and it's basically a um, you know this is a this is Panacure C, and you know you can see that it has a um, you know a, a ring on yes. it. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I so, I have one. So, mm -hmm. Right. So what you do is you know like for this one I think it's 1,250 pounds. This is like for a horse. So it's 1,250 right. pounds for this whole thing. You don't want it to, so you you just figure out. <laughs> How much is a, roughly 150? For me, it's 150 pounds. You might be a little less. So what you're going to do is you're going to put that ring so that you don't overdose yourself. And then you just, right. you just like, this is for me, it's, I, I put it at the 100, it's about 150 pounds for that much. And then I just squirt it into a glass of water and whisk it around and drink it and then rinse it out and drink that again. That's it. Once a day for three days. Once and you can probably get away with two days on fenbendazole, but in any case, two to three days a week. And then, uh, then you can lengthen out your off time. But that's that's what th this is. It's, it's always by weight. And uh, now the the the, the there's a, there is a fenbendazole.org, and they have a whole protocol for people with cancer. And you can look at them too. I mean, they the, the sad thing is that the the organized medicine doesn't tell you anything about this. So we're kind of all in the same boat trying to figure this out, but that's what I do. I just go by weight. You're not going to hurt you. The safety margin for Panacure C for Fenbendazole is so high. You can, meaning you could double overdose yourself and you wouldn't hurt yourself, but, but I would just do it by weight. Okay. And then yep. um, you were saying, okay, you were saying two to three days a week, but for how long, just like forever or, well, for a no, certain well, period of time. Eventually, see, eventually what you want to do is get to a once a month maintenance dose of something. And you could do, like, for me, I'm, I'm going to do, oh, I'll do three months in a row of Panacure C or Fenbenazole. And then I might do a couple months of nitazoxanide as my maintenance thing. And then I might do some ivermectin because there's different parasites okay. out there. And if you just stick with one, you might miss it. So I, in, in the absence of problems, I just kind of randomly do that. Now, so what you're going to do is you're going to start with two or three days on and five days off. And then you're going to see if you do the next cycle and you do fine and the next cycle you do fine. Well, then maybe you could try seven days off. But what I was saying, you may have missed it earlier, is that if you go too far off, if you're off too long and you've got too many dead parasites floating around, 
you'll give yourself an allergic reaction and you'll sneezy, wheezy, flu-like symptoms, you know, so you don't want to do that. So, and if you get a rash anytime, again, that's because you've got too much toxicity all at once. That's just, a, it's not because you're allergic to the drug mostly, it's because you've got dead parasites floating around. So again, you'll know, because you'll get, the first thing you have is if you get, if you go too long on the off time, and your eyes start getting hot and watery and sneezy. That's the that's the first sign. Uh-huh. So what you want to do is slowly extend the the off time, and then eventually you're going to get to once a month, and then you're there. Okay. The and I have, I have just real quick. I have a prescription still of um, albendazole. Now, albendazole. so if I do the, yes. Yeah, yeah, so you if can I substitute that. Okay. So like if I take the fen. Uh, fenbendazole and then like you said alternate it out f- with the albendazole yeah it's bendazole very similar the same yeah. thing oh okay okay yeah, yeah. well yep. thank you so much i yeah, i appreciate no you so much no problem well dr lee it was always a pleasure to have you on with us i'd love to bring you back on again when you're uh schedule allows it's been a blast and hopefully a lot of members have walked away with some information that will help them and thanks for everything that you're doing and being service to others oh thank you i'm sorry i couldn't uh do this from outside because i really wanted to show off my electro gardening uh experiment my big copper antenna and my plants i mean it's the garden's going crazy with that no maybe some other time can we do (laughs) that next show what's that do that for the next show yeah, we'll do that later in the summer. Yeah, I'm having a lot of fun with that. Awesome. Right. I'll, I'll stay in touch, and then we'll figure out a schedule. All right. Thanks a lot. Thanks, everybody. See you. Yeah, have a good night. Good night. Be well.